This is the Collector Car Podcast, the home for the auto enthusiast. Join Greg Stanley as he applies over 25 years of insights and analytical experience to the collector car market. He will interview the experts and throw in some fun stuff as well. Hey folks, today I'm going to review the ugliest cars at Monterey Car Week, which is coming up, I think, next week. So there are some really interesting cars coming up for the auctions out there, but they make my eyes hurt. They're just ugly. So these ugly cars, these are ugly cars that are still somehow awesome. So I don't want people to think I'm being all negative here. I am a little bit. They are ugly. I mean, that's a matter of opinion, but I think most of you will agree when you see what I'm talking about. But they actually are awesome as well. So in no particular order, we're off. So the first one is at Meekum. Meekum has a lot of ugly cars this year for some reason. Not quite sure why. Or I don't I don't want to say ugly. They have the uh unique and rare because these are unique and rare so the first one is a 1927 ford california star and believe it or not it actually won an award in 1984 for being the prettiest car so estimate for this car is 100 to 150 thousand dollars if you want to kind of picture it in your head think of a red doorstop so very angular with wheels and a remington electric razor grill so you got a red doorstop that's got a cut-down windshield. It's got a lot of cool stuff to it. You'll find most of the stuff today I'm talking about, it comes down to execution on the front half of the car and the grill, the nose, the hood. That's where most of these companies seem to go wrong. So this particular one was designed by Don Verner. I guess he's pretty well known. So it's 1984 is America's Most Beautiful Roadster Award winner, which makes me wonder what was going on in 1984. It took two and a half years to build this, 2,400 hours to complete the body, chassis, and suspension. It's one of the first mid-engine street rods, so it's got some pretty cool stuff going on. Like I said, it's an, actually an awesome car. Hand-formed aluminum body, racing suspension, Ferrari red paintwork, tan leather interior, Chevrolet V6 engine, mid-engine. Anyway, it's a lot of cool stuff. Wilwood brakes. So that's the first one for today. The second one is... A 1951 Studebaker Manta Ray. Now, this one, I'll have to say, really hurts my eyes. This thing is so ugly from the front, well, and from the side. Yeah, a little bit from the back, but not as bad. So, to help visualize this, picture a cross-eyed narwhal with an extra flipper. So, what do I mean by that? Well, this car has a pointy nose, like a cone pointed nose, which is a horrible design thing in the first place. Actually, let me give you some history on this car first. So it was in the February 1954 issue of Hot of Rod and Custom magazine. The estimate is $200,000 to $300,000. It's pink with a pink and white interior. It was built by Glenn Heyer and Vernon Artoni. And it was inspired by Harley Earl's 1951 XP8 La I know I'm saying that wrong. It was displayed at the 2016 Amelia Island Concourse Elegance as a part of their Concepts Beyond Detroit class. And oh, it, was a, it was on an episode of Chasing Classic Cars with Wayne Carini, one of my favorite shows. So it has triple, triple taillights from 1952 Lincoln, which is actually pretty cool. That's where the extra flipper comes in. It currently has a dual quad Cadillac V8, which is really cool. But it is so ugly. The, it's got a nose. It looks like a bloated whale on the front. The headlights are below the nose cone, which is bad design to begin with. What is cool, it has kind of a Captain Nemo theme on the inside. So if you look at the gauges, they're 
kind of a Captain Nemo aquatic kind of cool themed or gold, which is a bad color to go with pink. Apparently the car was originally gold. Someone repainted it pink. So the rear end actually is probably the best look of the car. The side view and the front view are horrible. What's weird from the rear engine view on the right hand side of the bumper, there's like seven cutouts. Like you might put a fishing pole or something. I don't know what they're thinking. They had seven cutouts just on the right side of the bumper. So really weird, really ugly. And again, that's from Meekum as well. Now the third one is ironically from Meekum as well. It's the 1933 Chevrolet Alex Trimbulus design car. So if you don't know who Alex Trimbulus is, he ended up designing the 1948 Tucker. So this is an example. Of, I see many of these examples. A designer who has an iconic car that they make, iconic design, but then they have some really horrible, ugly stuff. So this is one of the horrible, ugly things that they designed early in their life. So this one is unrestored. Looks like it was dragged through the mud. It's got paint peeling off of it, rust, rusty wheels. Looks like it belongs in a junkyard. To describe it, kind of think about a 19, not 19, a single seat World War I plane, airplane, so with the wings ripped off. So picture the body of a World War I airplane. It's got a little tail, little tail in the back. The wings are ripped off where the propeller would go. Replace that with a manscaping razor. And like I said before, it looks like the whole thing's been underwater for 20 years. So really rough shape, but really rare. It's like the only one. He became a notable designer after this one. I can see why this one did not make him notable. It was dis displayed at the 1933 World Chicago World's Fair. And they have some pictures of it with the designer, with the Auburn Corn Duesenberg chief designer, Gordon Burig, Burig. And let's see... It doesn't have a price on this one. So it'll be interesting to see what this one sells for. So that is the third one. The fourth one might be a little controversial because it is a high-performance car. I picked for the fourth one the 2016 Ariel Atom 3S Roadster. So if you haven't seen one of these, I would love to have one of these. Actually, I want the Nomad version. That's the off-road version. Uh, to go to Jay Leno's. He's, he's done both of them, the Nomad and the Atom. They're super cool, super fast, super quick. But it looks like a macho hummingbird that mated with a shrimp. Now, you're wondering what that means. It's a, I think it's a two-seater, but it has an exoskeleton. So you can see all of the uh, tubing for the chassis on the outside. So you actually sit inside. So it looks like there's an exoskeleton. There are no door panels. So you can see your body from the outside. And it comes to a point. To me, points are always bad from a design perspective on any type of car. So that's where it comes in with the Hummingbird. And it's got big spoilers on the front and the back. There are the wings. And then I mentioned the shrimp because you can see the exoskeleton on it as well. Now, what's cool about these is that they're super fast. They're tremendously responsive. They only weigh like 3,500 pounds or 1,300 pounds. This one has a 365 horsepower, or I think it's a Toyota engine. I'm sorry. It's a 2.4 liter Honda motor with a turbocharger. So zero to 60 in under three seconds. So great, awesome car. $100,000 is what these things cost new. They do hold two people. So like I said, incredibly, incredibly cool car, but also incredibly ugly. Now, I think that was the fourth. The fifth one is a 1953 Allard J2X Le Mans. This is from Gooding. 
Now, I love, if you've listened to my podcast in the past, I love Allard's. I actually found one here locally in Cincinnati that sold on Bring a Trailer, or did not sell on Bring a Trailer, but was bidded up to like 90 grand. That was really cool finding that one. So you can go to my Instagram page at the Collector Car Podcast and scroll back and you'll see it before it was public when it was still in barn find state. The other cool thing about that visit is I found a logo from uh, a logo, an emblem from an AC Cobra, an original AC Cobra was in that shop as well. And it belongs to a particular barn find Cobra I know about. And both of them. So it's funny. I ran across the barn find Cobra that is still a barn find anonymous, keeping that quiet. But then I ran across the, the emblem from the cro- from the Cobra because it was in an accident. And so the guy in 1971 picked this thing off the ground and put it on his toolbox. So you can see the emblem of the, you can see the emblem of the Cobra on my homepage at the Collector Car Podcast that uh, is on that barn find Cobra one day maybe I'll mention. So anyways, getting back to the Allard, this one is a J2X Le Mans racer. Estimate is four hundred and fifty to six hundred thousand dollars. You know, ninety. Let me take that back. Eighty percent of this car is awesome. Like the back, the side, the interior, the engine. Uh, the interior is actually really nice, except for the ugly brown carpet. It's just classic, beautiful Allard. Where this one goes all wrong and sideways is the hood bonnet. And I say bonnet because it's from England. And it is just wrong. It's big. It's bulky. It looks like a... What did I... It's pug nose, a long hood. It's asymmetric with like a goiter profile. Now, what I mean by that is on one side, they actually have the spare tire inside the hood. So you have this horrible bump to make room for the spare tire coming out of the hood. So it looks like a goiter. And it's a long hood on a short wheelbase car. Looks really bad. But everything behind the hood is absolutely gorgeous. And this one has a 331 cubic inch Chrysler Hemi V8 engine, which is probably factory correct. They had Chryslers, they had Cadillacs, and a couple, I think they even had some Ford flatheads back in the day. So uh, that is, I think, my fifth one. Now my sixth one and my last one, I do have a couple runner-up honorable mentions for this Fright Fest, is a 1952 Seattle 208 CS 2 Plus 2 with coach work by some Italian guy, Bertone. So this one, most Seattas are gorgeous. And again, this one is actually 98% gorgeous. The interior is like a uh, light yellow with a dark blue uh, stripe on the top that covers the hood. Uh, gorgeous interior. Um, I would like to say that this is kind of like a Seattle Butterface. It's a gorgeous car that was kind of hit with the ugly stick in the grill. So picture Sonny's nose on Cher's face is kind of the gist of it. Gorgeous car, except for the the grill. It just sticks out about three inches too far, and it's an ugly grill. So if I own this car, estimate on this car is 850000 to 950000 You know, if you can afford this car, you can afford a more profile, lower profile grill. So that's what I would do. You know, build it by hand, spend, I don't know, three grand on it. And you have got an absolutely gorgeous car. This one has the V8. I think it has it. Yeah, Italian V8 Power, which is really cool. It's a one-off creation. It was shown at the New York and Paris Motor Shows. Four-speed, only 125 horsepower, but this is back in the day. So it's a really nice twin Weber carburetors, all alloy V8 engine. Super cool. So as I said, those are my top six for the ugly cars at Pebble. Some of the runner-ups. There's actually three runner-ups. I'll go actually... Actually, still no particular order. There's a 1948 Willie Jeepster 
Pro Street Roadster at Russo and Steel. Jeepsters, in my mind, are weird and quirky to begin with. Uh, I think the Roadster, Pro Street Roadster, actually made it look a little bit better, but it's still ugly. The uh, 1947 Delahaye 135 MS Cabriolet. This one, again, is gorgeous, but it has a snout on it that you wouldn't believe. It looks like, uh, again, another Narwhal, which is interesting. And then the McLaren Senna. I just think this is an ugly car. Every picture I see of it, it looks ugly. Uh, the proportions just aren't right visually. I'm sure they're correct for racing on the street. It seems to look really good in dark colors. If it's going to look good in anything, the lighter the color, the worse it looks in my book. But what do I know? So thanks again for joining us this week. This is the bonus one. We'll be back again next Thursday. And if I'm on top of my game, I might have another bonus one coming out here in a couple days, maybe about the best Ferraris or the best Porsches at Monterey. So we'll see if I do it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Collector Car Podcast. Don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes and be sure to follow us on Instagram and everywhere else at the Collector Car Podcast.